There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve and tonight we'll be discussing episode 9 of season 4 of The Magicians. Oh my gosh. These are so good. I'm loving all of these episodes. And I love the fact, which I've talked about repeatedly, that the cast is tweeting along with us, like, and answering everybody. So they're amazing. And we're getting more Katie. And this episode had more, way more Katie. And a whole lot of Margot. Right? Oh, my God. Margot is amazing. Yes. I love she her with every ounce of my being. Best lines of the season. Oh, my God. She's hilarious. Every episode. Yes. And her attitude has just changed. And then so has Katie's. And I don't know if it's so much Katie's has changed or we're just finally getting to see it. Because Katie, in the first few seasons, was more of like a background player. Like they kind of alluded to with the books when right. they were talking about Librarian. Oh, yeah, she's a side character. She's, you know, not a main character. But we're seeing so much more. I'm like, no, she's definitely... Yeah, a main character. And I, I like that they finally, you know, are bringing her a little bit more to the forefront. Yes, absolutely. But before we get into all that and talk about how much I love everything, let's get some ratings news. All right. Episode 9 brought in a 0.16 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.498 million viewers, making it the 47th overall cable show for the night. Live plus 7 for episode 7. Tied for 13th in adults 18 to 49 total gain, going from a 0.2 to a 0.5 for an increase of 0.3. It tied for 4th in adults 18 to 49 percentage gain, increasing by 150%. Nice. It tied for 24th in viewers total gain, going from 0.519 to 1.167 for an increase of 0.648 million viewers. Wow. Which made it 5th in viewers' percentage gain, increasing by 125%. Nice. Yeah, definitely more than doubled. Yes. So, yeah, everybody's watching it. And unfortunately, not everybody can watch it during live air, which that's what irks me if that's the only thing they're looking at. So I'm really hoping they're looking at more. Yes, they need to be because they're doubling their audience in, within a week. Right. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so let's jump into Episode 9, The Serpent. And our lovely little synopsis, <laughs> they're definitely trolling us now. Yes, they are. Because I swear, I've seen that all over Twitter. Like, really? This is it? Okay, here's our synopsis. Quentin eats a quesadilla. Katie and Zelda share a smoke. Okay, I know you guys can't see me. Yeah. But you know I got that look on my face that you know what I'm talking about. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, you guys know. Yeah. Oh, God, sci-fi. John, you're having, John and Sarah are just having way too much fun with this. 
they're killing us. But yeah. all right, let's jump in. Let's start with the library. And we have the board of directors watching the same video that Katie and Pete's watching, which is somebody in a mask that apparently is a hedge witch killing other hedges because there's security risks to the library. But he's not exactly killing them. He's putting something. It reminded me of like Star Trek. Was it a worm in the ear? Right. But when they did magic, that would kill them. Yes. So I guess you can live with this thing in your ear, in your head. It's not a babble fish. I'll tell you that. If you know what that's from, let me know because I will send you something. Okay. I was a little distraught with this because, like I said, it, it made me feel very Star Trek and I was like cringing anyway. But why? Why are hedges killing other hedges? That doesn't make sense to me. No. So, okay, you still have that big giant question mark. You know, I guess vigilantes, do they want to get in good with the library? And maybe the library will officially bring them in as magicians. But it seems like that's a bad idea, too. Right. But we have Everett, who comes up with the idea of putting Reed's mark on any hedge witch free of charge and no paperwork. And when the serpent group is dealt with, they can have their the mark removed and there'd be no questions asked. I certainly don't believe that. I don't know about you. Not at all. Nope. Don't trust Everett as far as I can throw him. This sounds way too easy. It's too convenient. Right. So that definitely makes me wonder, what is he really up to? Yeah. I'm just like, okay, first of all, what is this mark? Does it just cause all magic to be like inert within you like you can't do it or what is it i mean they didn't really explain it right just that it the, help. right in the scene that we see with the girl getting the mark she immediately tries to do magic and nothing happens so apparently yeah it it disables you from being able to do any magic hmm. not a good, a good thing <laughs> no not a good thing but there's two votes for yes and two votes for no and I well, believe they, Zelda and the other guy didn't vote at all. They oh, that's true. They didn't object and they didn't say yay. So it passed two to nothing. I still don't think that's a yes, but okay. Right. Apparently magician world. Well, this just makes me again, leery. Now, I don't know if the other librarians are in on something or if they just believe Everett a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. I think that the character that's voted with, Everett kind of said, yeah, well, that, that seems safe. Well, we thought the, the tracking coin was safe, too, and it sure didn't end up being so. Uh, right. Wasn't it a Jewel State's character? Yes, it was. Yeah. They need to bring her more, too, in the forefront, but that's yeah. a whole nother, whole nother day. We'll talk about her. But Zelda seems a little flustered, so she goes to her office, and she ends up pulling out the mirror and doing the spell that Alice gave her. And Harriet shows up in her mirror. But she can't get out, and she's telling her to find Alice. And apparently, it's a little more than just that. Yeah, just a little bit. Just, yeah, just a little. <laughs> because apparently, which we find out later, Harriet splintered when she was in there. Right. And so she's showing up not just in Zelda's mirror. No. But also in Alice's mirror and Alice's mom's mirror. Yep. Which I thought that was weird, and I couldn't figure out why until they finally do tell us. It's because those are the two that did the spell. Yeah, that created the spell. And it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But yeah, it didn't just, make sense at the time, that's for sure. Right. All right. Let's head to Fillory for a minute because, 
holy cow. And when we get there, I will go in a little more detail, but the last moment that we have in Fillory, it didn't hit me until a few days later when I actually heard the song in the car. Right. <laughs> and then I like was really listening. And here I am just like sobbing on the way to work. <laughs> <laughs> so before I get there, let's, let's jump back to the beginning. Oh my gosh. So Fen's filling in Margo about the Napster. Yeah, well, sort of. <laughs> I'm not getting in trouble with that. But anyway. And when Margo asks about the lizard, Fen kind of bobs and weaves. And hey, oh look, Josh. <laughs> I know Margo's just like, what is up with this woman? Right. She's acting so weird. You're not giving her a straight answer. Can't be good, Margo. No. And I think Margo does know deep down. Right. That something's got to be up. Right. Well, Josh has several news items for them, though. He's like, hey, Messenger Rabbit, possibly the last one that got in since magic's running low. But, uh, hey, Elliot's alive. What? What? Finally, Margo finds this out. Right. And, I mean, it took her a second because, like, her face was just like, she did not know what to say, what to do. She wasn't smiling. She wasn't crying. It was just like, what? Yeah. pure shock. (laughs) Exactly. And then he decides to drop another little fun bomb that there's a village stuck in time by a wild Florian clock tree. And I do love it because they're like, wait, I thought those were all gone. What's going on? Right. Well, how did they reappear from being extinct? Yes. Interesting. So wild magic, perhaps? Or, and I do believe somebody says it, like the ecosystem is all crazy. Right. Obviously, weird things are starting to happen. So, Fen suggests, let's get some people together. The council. Yeah, that's it. Let's do that. And Josh is like, yeah, wait, are you? I got a dinner set up. Fen, you're just looking really sketchy right now, girl. <laughs> well, she had the right idea. Josh just had already taken care of it. I know, but she's just seeming sketchy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm shocked that. Tick didn't just pop up and go, that's my job. Right. <laughs> like just out the side. Like, right, hey. Yeah, from behind the curtain, you know, right. listening in. <laughs> well, Margot finally gets herself together, snaps out of it. And she's like, is Q certain Elliot's alive? And Josh is like, yeah, that's what he says. He's still in there. And well, Margot apparently was not shocked anymore. No. But decided to shock everybody in the room. Yeah. She kisses Josh, and then it starts to escalate, and Fen's like, oh, oh, okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll go over here. That was, I'm sorry, that was really funny. It was hilarious. Because when it's all said and done, Josh is like, well, that was very thorough. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you say? I feel like, I don't know, something else should have been said? Not that was thorough. Oh, Josh, I guess a man of few words. but. Margo's like, all right, I got to go help save Elle, so we'll be back, you know, round two. And he's like, what? <laughs> There's more to come? Holy crap. Yeah. My Wheaties. Uh, like, okay, of course, Josh is like, listen, you got to stay because there's possibly a weapon that could help save Elliot. And I've invited the guy who has this weapon. He fights demons. Right. Through a connection. Yes. It's a guy of a friend of a friend. Right. Like the guy behind the guy. That's what it was. <laughs> the fruit traders. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, there's a party at White Spire. And 
Yeah, well, Josh is in the know, but apparently this guy doesn't exactly show up to things like this. Right. Yeah. He apparently is not a fan of Fillory. And as this is going on, where she, of course, is a little distraught because Fen doesn't exactly want to do this, but the dethroning is kind of in motion because who was that woman? Just a friend of ours (laughs) from uh, Van Helsing. I'm like, hey, it's Doc. Yes. (laughs) Also, apparently, the queen of West Warrior. Yes. Like, oh, she's just popping up all over. When she's not fighting vampires, she's apparently hanging out in Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, apparently, she had also been visited by the Napster, and her fate is also intertwined with Fens, and they have to overthrow Margot. Only our favorite Doc wants to do it quite bloodily. Yes, brutally. Yes, that sounds much better than bloodily. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, Finn's not going to have any of that. Oh, so, oh my gosh, this was breaking my heart, really, because Margot does find out, more or less, from Fen what's going on. Right. And Margot's like, through tears, is like, you have to do it. Overthrow me, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, what are you talking about? And I think this is the point when she tells Fen that Elliot's still alive in there. Right. And then Fen, I thought, was going to lose it. Yeah. And she's like, you have to do this for L. This is the only way we can save him. Yep. So it goes off without anything. Just Fen kind of announces that she's a, that Margot, that's the she, sorry, is a traitor to Fillory. And the crown is then passed to Fen. No blood. And Margot's punishment is eternal banishment from Fillory. Yeah. She's branded. Oh, my God. That looked painful. And I can't yeah. even remember what she said, but I love it. Tick's like, oh, that. Those are great words to remember you by. Yeah. <laughs> Tick's just giddy. And I don't know why Tick is so happy because I feel like it's all of a sudden done. Things are going to get overturned and Fen might, well, just get rid of Tick. Yeah. But we'll see. Right. So the next thing we know, we do see Margot in very stylish commoner clothes. Yeah. <laughs> she looked amazing. She always, Summer Bichelle always looks amazing, whatever yes. they put her in. Yes, they could put her in a was... potato sack. She'd probably still look amazing. <laughs> Little Tomb Raider-ish. Yes, with all of her like backpacking can... stuff. And she's being escorted out of the castle. But why? Where is she going? What's her plan? Well, she's going to head to the desert and look for the foremost herself to find a way to save Elf. And Josh stops her, gives her a couple extra things that she needs, including a fully charged iPod, complete with 80s playlists. And he's like, Whatever happens, this is what you need, and pretty much you're super fierce. You got this. And puts her little headphones in, and Pat Benatar's We Belong starts playing as she walks away. And like I said, I didn't think anything of it, because she's like, yeah, we're empowered. This is great. I'm on this quest. But when I listen to the words, seriously, on the way to work, I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I'm so glad they did not play the whole song. Yeah. Yeah. It, it like really messed me up later, which is so weird. Some songs just do that when you finally hear the words and like start thinking about what was going on in that moment. Right. I guess that's why wedding songs can be so popular, like powerful. Yep. Yeah. It was rough. But anyway, why did you talk about Katie and Pete 
All right. Well, we see Katie and Pete watching the video on the laptop of the blood worm getting put into the head witch's ear. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the guy telling him that magic isn't for them. Well, then who's it for? Well, that's why I was thinking, okay, this can't be another hedge witch. Right. I was thinking it was like a rogue librarian doing it. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought at first, too, was the hedge witches. Yeah, they've they've had their battles, but it's hard for me to see them splintering at this point. Right. Because any of them that have talked to Katie knows that, you no, know, this is the library versus the hedges. Mm-hmm. So the hedges should be coming together, not splintering apart. Now, of course, there's a knock on the door. Katie grabs a crowbar, opens the door, and it's Alice. Yeah, I don't know who she was expecting to come up to the door because so far it hasn't been anything but like crazy high level, like magic users. Right. Unless she thought maybe the serpent group was after them. Oh, that's true because no wards have been able to stop them. Yeah. And Alice just wants to talk, but of course Katie doesn't until Alice informs her that the library is calling her the new marina. And Pete agrees with her. Now, wait a minute here. Wait, they're calling Katie the new marina. Right. Okay. Yeah. And she, yes, she's leading the hedge witches, but that's where the only comparison you can make. That's true. It's not like she, you know, is going around stealing or killing Out for people. herself, right. Right. So Alice tells her she wants to help and she never intended for everyone to become slaves to the library just to get a little magic. And Katie hands Pete the crowbar and then turns around and lands a right hook right to Alice's nose. Poor Alice. She's just getting hit left and right. Yeah. Katie tells her she can stay and help or leave. So after mentioning Modesto, Alice figures out they need a map of the whole system so they could open a whole lot of pipes. And Pete tells Katie they need a mole inside the library and that anyone can be turned with the right leverage. And that's when we find out what the leverage could be. Right, because Alice gets a call from her mom and she texts Alice a picture of Harriet in a mirror. And Harriet then shows up in a mirror in the apartment as Alice calls them over. And of course, Alice doesn't know sign language, so she calls him over and Katie signs to Harriet, discovering that she's in pieces and there is their leverage. Yep, now you got your person on the inside. Uh, Yep, so they meet with Zelda and of course they figure out that Harriet is in three pieces and they offer to help Zelda, but she has to give them a location of a junction box. And And hide a list. Yeah, and Katie reminds her that hedge witches always police themselves, and finally Zelda agrees. Of course, after Zelda agrees, Pete, who's been sitting on a park bench, gets a text. He walks up and pulls Katie aside to notify her that a safe house was hit and everyone was killed. And this is where I'm starting to wonder, like, how did anybody know where the safe house was? Right. Sounds like there's an insider inside the hedge witches. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Pete tells her he wants to get the reads marked, but Katie convinces him to give her one more day. 
And later we see Katie, Zelda, and Alice in the lab at Breakbills. There's three mirrors are situated around them, representing the three shards of Harriet. And Alice will utilize her impressive skills to cast a spell to pull Zelda's daughter from the mirror world. But Katie and Zelda will have to wait outside. Which, this makes things difficult because Katie's the only one who can sign. Right. (laughs) And you go, if things go wrong, how is she going to communicate? Right? It's like, I don't know, maybe set up a phone and FaceTime or something. Yeah. (laughs) She can at least tell you what's happening. And of course, as Alice is in the thick of the spell, Harriet appears in the mirrors, urging Alice to halt the spell. And, and I could I didn't know why. It's like I didn't either. Please put something on the bottom. Tell me what it says. Yeah. I can I not figure it out fast enough. And all of a sudden, another version of Alice steps out of the mirror. Oh yeah, this was interesting. Yeah. She's the evil alter ego of our Alice. Or shall we say, the more confident one. <laughs> she was kind of Mm, a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just say that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely she was. And since they're exactly alike, when they're fighting and Alice ends up knocking out the evil twin and drags her through the mirror into the mirror realm to lock her up somewhere, I honestly thought it was not going to be our Alice that came out. I thought it was going to be Mirror Alice. Right. Absolutely. Like, what is happening? I don't yeah. know if I can believe it. Yeah. We we just got our Alice out of the... <laughs> right, out of the library, library jail. Uh, jail. So, uh, but no, it does end up being ours. And as we go back to break bills, one of the Harriets is standing outside the realm, once again urging Alice not to do what she's about to do. But of course, Alice can't understand her. Right. That's when Katie would have been handy. Yeah, but we cut to Zelda and Katie waiting outside, and they share a smoke and a story. Yes, with giant pipes. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? Has Gandalf been here? What's happening? (laughs) Zelda reveals that she initially, a hedge witch, was plucked from the streets by Everett himself. She was his protege. But she goes on to tell her she also understands the plight of the Hedges and vows to do what's right by everyone. Katie starts to see that yeah, they might be on the same side. See, I don't know. I mean, Zelda may have come from a hedge, but it doesn't seem like they were bringing too many people in from hedges. Right. So, and her daughter's still a hedge. Right. And fighting against her. So, yeah, Zelda, you need to figure out what side you want to be on. So, of course, we go back to the library as Alice is locked evil Alice in a cell. And boy, do they go at it again. Yes, because they're going back and forth about, oh, you're not living up to what you want, your inner desires. You can be a great magician, but not without both sides of you. Yeah. (laughs) And Alice holds her ground and tells the other one off. But she also agrees that she needs to have that part of her and lets her out. And as they're leaving, a book just happens to fly into the hallway that they're walking down. And Alice says, hmm, picks it up, looks at it. Oh, it says binder. We might need this. Yes, since that seems to be what a certain semi-goddess was looking for. Yes. 
And of course, evil Alice agrees to help fix the botched spell and melds with our Alice again. And And yay, they fix the crystal and fix everything because when Alice comes out as one person, a very real, very whole Harriet (laughs) is also there. Right. Zelda is so happy, but that happiness is short-lived. Yeah, because Harriet reveals that Everett is a fraud and not to be trusted. He's hoarding magic for himself. Right, because she was able to see everything in the mirror world. Right. And nobody was able to see her except Zelda, and that took a while. Yeah. Of course, Zelda is a little reticent to believe this, but she attempts to wrap her head around it. And Alice returns to Katie's apartment and hands Julia the binder book for all her binder needs. Yes, I love it because she's like, oh, okay, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) What? Right. I mean, what's she going to say? I don't want this. I hate you. Right. (laughs) And then we see that Pete has been captured and is given the blood worm. And we don't actually see it, but the odds are. He's bitten the dust. Right. Is he going to make it? Right. Mm, Probably not. Probably not. So let's go back and talk about Teen Monster now. Yes. At the apartment, we have Julia, Penny, and Q looking for any clue to what the heck or who the heck the binder is. And oh my gosh, Darth Elliot pops in and he's like, oh, that stone was completely godless. What? Which, of course, Q's like, okay, that's good news. And Elliot, of course, doesn't think so. No. Well, Darth Elliot. But he knows how many pieces are missing. Only one. And then, how do you say his name? Enulias? Yeah. (laughs) We both have a hard time with that. Yeah. So, obviously, I have to find him. And you have to find him. Like, um, okay, how do I just happen to find a random god? That doesn't want to be found. Right. And Elliot's like, I don't care. I'm going to go ice cave climbing in the nude. It's like, hurry up. Yeah. Right. To motivate you. Right. So this isn't going to be easy, but our little team is like, all right, we got to figure out something. But what happens? Well, Elliot decides to start torturing people for information. Yeah. <laughs> because he's seen an infomercial. Right. For a psychic. Like, this isn't going to end well. No. And apparently it didn't end well for several people because he's like, do you know how many fake psychics there are? Right. Holy crap. Yeah. This is really not good. No. Elliot's like, okay, I have to find another one. And Penny's like, hold on, hold on. I can help. What do you mean? And of course, nobody else is thrilled with this idea. No. And... Elliot just probably thinks this is some kind of trap. And he's like, no, I'm a traveler. I can, I'm, you know, psychic. I can withstand a lot of stuff. And this was funny. It was kind of cute because Julia gets a moment to, to talk to him because apparently Q and Monster Elliot decide to go get rid of the other body. Right. And did they kiss? I can't remember if they actually kissed or almost kissed. Yeah, almost. Penny's like, okay, if I get back in one piece, I finally could take you out to dinner. And of course, Julia's like, wow, that's so nothing. Yeah. You know, just get back to alive. 
And yeah, they were about to kiss. And then Monterey is like, oh, this is fun. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. He's so creepy as a monster. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And doing a wonderful job at it. Yes. And they end up in a place deeply nestled in the past. And we see four hooded people sacrificing a young girl on a slab. This can't be good. No, and he was really upset about it. Right. And of course, two of them are deceased Bacchus and Iris. And Darth Elliot seems to think he knows this girl. And so while Elliot is so tied up in this scene, Penny decides to kind of slip away as he sees a door pop up behind him. Now, I assumed he was just looking for more clues of what's happening. Right. But the door just went, what? Okay. I got to go in there. And he opens the door and finds himself in the physical kid's cottage with our Elliot. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And our Elliot was like, oh, my God, I didn't think you'd see it. I didn't know if you'd understand. Wait, I have to give you a lowdown. What the heck is happening? What's really with the stones? Right. And like, we don't get to find anything out. (laughs) No, we don't get to know anything. But of course, Darth Elliot tortures Penny Moore for sneaking off without his permission. But Q and Jules are able to prevent Elliot from doing real damage. Of course, once Penny wakes up, he informs the pair that had it wrong all along. Right. It's not a body for him. No, it's for his sister. This is not good. And his sister is so much worse. And <laughs> you go, oh no. What the hell? Yeah, this is not good. No, this is crazy. So if there's somebody who's even worse than the monster, and we're putting that person back together, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, we got Everett trying to become a god. That would definitely cause a lot of problems we'd have beast part two on our hands oh my gosh and now we've got monster v2 that's probably 10 times worse than v1 oh my okay there's like way too many yeah (laughs) way too many baddies that are about to pop up so yeah what do you think is going to happen what do you think about the show so far what do you think about the podcast Shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know where you think it's going. What the monster's sister, who is she? What is she? How bad is she? And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about this show because holy crap, this is great. I love it when people start watching it because they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize. (laughs) Yeah. And for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirlass. And I'm Steve. It's been a total clockster fuck. And until next time.